Kennesaw State Athletics, Van Wagner Sports and Entertainment, and HelloFresh present Inside the Nest. A weekly look inside Kennesaw State football. Cooper takes the snap and drops the throw. Here comes the pressure. Airs it far side. It is batted away and picked off in the end zone. The Owls have won it in overtime. Bust out the plank. It was Bryson Armstrong and the Owls in the wildest game in their history. Hold off the Jacksonville State Gamecocks 60-52. And now let's go inside the nest. The Inside the Nest presented by HelloFresh. Brian Giffen, Nathan McCreary, and 59 to nothing season opening win by the Owls over Point University. And Nathan, you know, the Owls did not play a flawless game. They did not play a perfect game. Obviously, there was a big difference in the athleticism between the two teams and all of that. But I thought, by and large, for a first game, you know, limited penalties. Yeah. Really, even though they did put the ball on the ground a number of times, they limited turnovers and played reasonably well for a team that has 48, 50, whatever it is, freshmen on yeah. it. And they did play well. And um, I think the things that we were looking for are, you know, those first game jitters, uh, maybe a bad snap or, you know, penalty. or You didn't see those things. False starts. False starts. Or, uh, even, even some of those chop blocks, which uh, I think there were a couple calls, which in this offense you expect some of those to call. Um, they weren't there. The one thing that was there early on and often, which is a concern, is penetration on the points defense able yeah. to get in the backfield for Kennesaw State, and that's something that I can promise you that Grant Chestnut is is going to look at the film. And, and I actually heard uh, one of the local sports reporters around here saying, well, this game pr- provides you nothing, and I, and I disagree with it. I think the, the game against point provided you film because this, yeah. this, this offense is so fundamental you can still see the fundamentals no matter who you're going up against. And I think those are things that they'll be able to make adjustments on. Well, the other thing it provided was invaluable college football game experience for a ton of players. I mean, when it's that lopsided of a score, that gives you the opportunity to go three and sometimes four deep on your bench. Home game, of course, you dress more guys. And a great opportunity for such a young outfit to get some actual game time in a college football game for these guys who have never played in one, a lot of them. Over 15 rushers for Kennesaw State had more than double digits. So you're exactly right. They they did have that. And you know what? They packed the house. The student section had over nearly 3,000 people in it, and they got a chance to see um, the high-powered type of offense. That first pass to Pontrelli, the freshman, may be a sign of things to come, which is, is, uh, you know, that's what the students want to see. They want to see the ball go down the field occasionally. I talked to Coach Bohan in the morning you know and and his line of course is always going to be that we are who we are we do what we do and you get that but man what a dimension it does add though to be able to go vertical certainly when you need to or sometimes if people are stacking the box Mm -hmm. or jamming the line of scrimmage what a great way to make them have to back off which opens the option back up again. Well, and again, one of those questions was, who's going to fill in for that big hole Justin Sumter left? Well, you've got Pontrelli, the freshman, and K.J. Hancock had a big big reception. So there's two viable receivers who now have catches at the uh, Division One level. And, um, you know, we'll see how it goes from there. I still think when you get into the red zone and you throw the fade, that's the repl- we didn't get to see that because they it seemed like they're long drives. They they just pounded the ball in, which is Kennesaw State football. But you will need an opportunity 
to fade a pass in there, and what wide receiver is going to be the the one who kind of rises to the level of your go-to target in that uh, red zone situation? Yeah, Coach Bohannon said it last week. It's a great thing when you have a guy that you can throw the jump ball to. Yeah. But, you know, the other thing about it is even if you don't have one of those that's such a physical, imposing presence, a big, tall target like that, there are other ways to get it in the end zone, after all, between slants and, and yeah. dumps and everything else. You know, the other thing the Owls have done effectively since they got here is throw the ball to their backs out of yeah. the backfield. So, yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic plays over the course of the season as the challenges become bigger. Well, it's the Owls in Kent State this Saturday, but it's a noon kickoff, yeah, here in the Atlanta area with an 11.30 pregame show. 12.30 the Sports X for us, 106.3 FM, and also on the south side of Atlanta, 103.7 FM as well. And then on your phone, tablet, device, you can get it on TuneIn, or you can get it at WFOM.radio.net. Nathan's back over here on the unwashed side, the radio <laughs> side this week, <laughs> as Nathan will be patrolling the sidelines at Dick's Stadium up near Canton mm-hmm. at Kent, actually, where Kent State is. But, you know, one of the other things that was good to see, Nathan, and and is such a fundamental key in running this offense effectively is not one, not two, not three, but even four two backs that had effective games against point. Now, I realize, again, you take into account the athletic level of who you're playing and this and that, but... You know, all four of those two backs were really effective, and that dive play is really being the first option. It's kind of what sets the tone for the rest of the triple. Yeah, and and I, I was really impressed how Bronson Recksteiner ran the football. Yeah, I mean, he was able to actually create distance, and we had been, we had heard about some some knickknacky injuries that he had had that kind of carried over from last year. But the way he carried the football and the way he ran, I'm thinking that those things may have been just more rumor than than fact, and uh, he carried it very well. Um, you had a couple guys catching the ball out of the backfield. I think Isaac Foster, Shaq Terry, and T.J. Reed all yeah. caught the ball out of the backfield. Um, and then the running by T.J. Reed and the blocking on that left side was very impressive. A little off tackles created beautiful lanes for Shaq Terry to uh, to really have a great day on the on the ground. I'll tell you a couple names too that had big games on both sides of the ball too. A guy we're going to talk a lot about this year, I'm predicting, Antavius Greer. Yeah, I agree. Antavius Greer had a really good game. And how could you not love what you saw out of Kareem Taylor, a transfer from Shorter? What a motor this guy has. He was all over the place. Yeah, and uh, I think that your backfield was an area that you certainly liked the depth there. And Antavius Greer was a, a name that Coach Bohannon said, he's going to be a superstar. Uh, he's going to come in, and he did. He's definitely got the wheels. We saw him on, a, on an actual wheel route. Um, and I think he the pass was incomplete, but uh, he had distance on his defender. So you definitely got to have some weapons out there for Kennesaw State offensively that we are just not used to. Those names just aren't aren't familiar to us just yet. But after one game, we're starting to get to know these young men. Yeah, it's going to take a while to get accustomed to seeing different guys, names, all that stuff <laughs> with numbers that we've become so yeah. familiar with. But such is the nature of college football. You know, we talked in 2015 so much about firsts, and this is the first time. The original class is gone, so we're back to firsts again. We will talk more, of course, about Kent State coming up in the last segment of the program. But coming up on this one, Nathan's going to get together with Al's quarterback, Daniel David, here in a little bit. Brandon Joseph, meanwhile, will visit with Al's quarterback, Coach Cody Worley. All of that is next. This is Inside the Nest, presented by HelloFresh, and you're listening to Kennesaw State University Football. 
Fans will have more reason to be excited at kickoff this season as Kennesaw State will host a free tailgate, live music, and a variety of food trucks for each game at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Prior to every home game, fans can get ready for game day with Owl Town, a free tailgate that begins three hours prior to kickoff. Located at the Owl's Nest, off Busby Drive, across from the Gold Lot, Owl Town provides a fun and festive atmosphere for all ages. Owl Town will feature live music, a variety of vendors, and there will be inflatable fun for kids. Get there early because thanks to JD's Barbecue, Owltown has free food to the first 200 fans. Alcohol, soft drinks, and water will be available for sale. Owltown closes 30 minutes prior to kickoff, but KSU is excited to announce the addition of food trucks inside Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Every home game, fans can add local and unique flavors to their game day experience. Kennesaw State football, the gold standard. If you've been wondering what could solve your dinner dilemma or ever wanted to try out the concept of meal kit delivery, HelloFresh will be there during home games to talk about healthy eating and sustainability. Our brand ambassadors will have example menu cards for our typical recipes and also feature specialty diets such as keto, gluten-free, and vegan. If you've been wondering what the keto diet is or perhaps how meal kits help the environment, we've got all the answers. We'll have a special discount if you find the HelloFresh is right for you. Come learn about healthy eating with HelloFresh. Hey, do you love your KSU Owls but can't commit to a full season ticket? Then the new three-game flex plan may be just the thing for you. Choose any three of the 2019 home games, get complimentary parking, and your choice of a variety of seat locations. The three-game flex plan is available for as low as $75. The two-time defending Big South champion Owls are out to win a historic third consecutive conference title. So get your three-game flex plan today. Go to ksuowls.com slash tickets or call 470-KSU-OWLS. David, after a play fake, drops to throw. Daniel airs it out of the backfield. Terry, far side, open field. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Touchdown, Shaq Terry. This one from 34. Here with Owls quarterback Daniel David and big win against Point and shutout. You had four touchdowns. Just talk about the experience that start that first game at home. Uh, I mean, the atmosphere first off was electric. The fans came out, students did an unbelievable job coming and supporting. But yeah, I mean, it was good to get out there with a bunch of the new guys and like finally play somebody besides their own defense. I'd give a huge shout out to the offensive line. They did a great job letting me get in the end zone. The receivers and slots did a great job of getting the ball. But, uh, yeah, it was just a team effort. It was it was really fun to get out there with those guys. When the, when the call came in for that pass to Pontrelli, what was your thoughts? And tell me how that play broke out. I was hoping it would be a touchdown. I kind of let him more out of bounds. But uh, I'm just glad they called that on the first play. Just get my get my nerves relaxed. And, uh, yeah, because I had some pregame jitters. But other than that. I was just happy to hear that call. <laughs> so a lot of questions about the offensive line. You you said that they did a great job. We saw that left side really opened a lot of holes. The right side's very young, but just kind of overall, how did you think they played? I think they did a great job for the first start. Everybody's always got something to work on. Even, I mean, myself, everybody does. No matter what position they're playing, we got to keep getting better each week. But for the first start, I think they did a great job. I mean, we'll, we're, go, we're going to work this week, going to fix some things, and then go from there and go up to Kent hopefully beat them so so being a, a, a the backup to Chandler Burks and I know the coaches have talked about you stepping into the leadership role and um, you finding their voice a lot of the coaches said they're 
so proud of you, how you've kind of developed into a leader. Who do you credit that to? Definitely a lot to Chandler. Sitting behind him, learning all everything from him, from stuff on the field to that leadership role. Mm-hmm. You know, I credit a lot to him, and uh, these coaches do a great job of putting us in the right positions, and they push me. Coach Worley pushes me every day, and Coach Chestnut pushes me, and Coach Bo. So I credit a lot to Chandler, but also the coaches do a great job of pushing me. Uh, spread option offense. You know you're going to get your hat in there and, and get hit a good bit. Um, what kind of offense did you run in high school, and, and it, was it similar to this? And, and a lot of people say this is a Kennesaw State type of spread option. Would you would you agree with that analogy? Yeah. In high school, I ran more. It was strictly gun. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a lot of the same reads. And, I mean, it was more run pass option at mm-hmm. Mill Creek. But uh, here, it, it kind of carried over the reads and, like, how I read a certain guy and um, pitching off a certain guy. So high school helped me out with this, but it's not exactly the same. You got to be a special kind of guy that want to stick your hat in there and run the ball as much as you do, though. And and I know your dad played at Georgia with Coach Bohannon. Is that right? He did. So yeah. first of all, did no one you came here? Did your dad have any words of advice for uh, having to be coached under Coach Bohannon? Uh, not really. I mean, uh, yeah, my dad and him were good friends in college, uh, but he didn't. I mean. He didn't have any words of advice. He just said, go out there and do you and have fun. That was his main emphasis was have fun. And uh, he was just happy to see me enjoying football again and having a good time out there. So. Well, that's one thing I think us in the broadcast booth can tell. You love this game and you love how it's played. And we love watching you play. Just like, Where did you get that, that spirit from? Uh, definitely competitiveness from my dad. Yeah. Uh, I'm competitive in everything I do. I'm passionate about what I do. Uh, yeah, it was just great. It's, I just love going out there and playing. Well, let's turn our focus to Kent State. It's mm-hmm. a, it's the second FBS opponent for Kennesaw State. Um, going up there, what do you know about that team? I know they didn't have a great year last year, and they were, they were kind of blown out by Arizona State, but it is FBS opponent. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we're not taking anybody lightly this year. You know, watching them, they're a bunch. They play hard. They're physical. They had last year's in the past. I'm not really focusing on them last year, but um, they, I mean, they played hard against Arizona State. So we're going in. It's going to be a good game. It'll be tough, tough battle between us. But uh, yeah, they they're a hard, physical bunch. All right. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Good luck on Saturday. Thank you, Coach. We saw Daniel David make his emergence, his first start since high school. Talk about what you saw in him against Paul. Well, honestly, you know, you got Daniel having it be his time. That's a huge deal and a huge step for him in his first start. I think he's continuing to grow as a leader and kind of be in the face of the offense. He did some great things that we saw, you know, he can spin it. He can make some good decisions. He got us in the box down inside the five, which was really a challenging point of him in the camp and things that we've been doing in short yardage. So I thought that was really positive. He's got to protect the ball. That was the biggest thing coming out of it. Um, like you said, it's his first start since high school, so some of those jitters probably got to him a little bit, but I thought he handled himself. Obviously, the first play got the jitters out. Um, it was a really positive play, but he's got to keep coming along. He pushes himself daily. He's come a long way as a leader, and I'm excited about him moving forward and continuing to get better. One of those biggest things that for the quarterback in the system is having that pocket present. There's a fine line for 
from pitching late or keeping or pitching late and causing a fumble. How do you replicate those things? Because in practice, you really don't want to lay out the quarterback, but those things come with getting reps and getting time. So you try to give him as many looks as possible during the week of practice, and you try to mix it up. That way he can react when it happens in the game. But the speed of the game and some of those things, I try my best with some scouts or myself to give him a read key or a pitch key. But they have to get a good feel of the pitch phase and how the pitch keys play in them and some of those things. And the more looks you mix up, the more they can react when the game's on the line. They don't have to think. They can just react. But basically it's their training. They have to, they have to fall back on their training. One of the things that is forgotten, let's say, in terms of a player progressing and seeing the field and seeing time is that time that he's on the bench when he's wearing that red jersey keying in plays. And Daniel was a very active part of that. He's always been around. And we saw two young quarterbacks really taking their first steps last week and putting on that red jersey keying in plays. Talk about the evaluation, not so much of, you know, seeing them on the field in practice, but how they are on the bench and how they are picking up the playbook and keying in plays. So there's a term I call competitive focus. Urban Meyer uses it a ton. But the, the analogy is there, the quarterback, the JT Barrett scenario at, at Ohio State, well, he had never gotten a rep of the two-point conversion. Braxton Miller always got it, always got it, always got it. He goes in the game, Braxton goes down, he goes in the game, had never practiced it, but he executed it, and they were able to score, go into overtime and win that game. I use that exact term with my guys, man. You've got to learn from other guys. It's hard as a human being, as a player, to not see yourself on film and diagnose and, and take what you learn from watching maybe Daniel or another guy, and you got to apply that on the field. That is a difficult task. But if you're competitive and your focus within the meeting room can translate out onto the field, that's the biggest thing as a quarterback. you got to get mental reps. you got to steal reps in the meeting room. you got to steal reps when you can out here on the practice field. But the evaluation of those kids, you know, in that, in that first game was a lot of buildup of the week of practice. They may not have even gotten, especially in Xavier Shepard, may not have even gotten a couple reps in, in the game plan. But I thought he handled himself well. I think he's he's got a really bright future. And then Tommy Bryan is, is a very, very viable backup. He could be a starter for a lot of other teams, and he's done a great job himself pushing the envelope, competing, that competitive focus that I talk about, and a lot of things he's able to bring to the party. But I thought he did a very good job as well. As a coach, you have to kind of alter how you treat each player. You want to treat them the fairly, but you can't treat them the same. Sure. Talk about how you approach and how you gauge the type of player. Some guys you can chew out and they learn from that way. Other guys you have to stick your arm around and say, hey, this is what we have to do to be better. At what point do you find that out in a player as a coach? So the biggest thing with that piece is developing a relationship. So relationships are huge with your kids. If you don't know them, you don't know what makes them tick. And some of those things, once I develop a relationship, they know that I have their best interests at heart. I always tell my guys, man, it's my job as a coach to maximize who you are. And whomever that is, I got to get it out of you. That's my job. So once I develop a relationship, they know the way I'm coming at them is for the in their best interest, and I'm going to stretch them and maximize their potential. But the relationship piece, you you learn to find out that certain guys need a foot up their butt, so to say. Certain guys need, hey, you bring them over to the side. They don't like that because they're their biggest critic. Those guys, you can bring them over to the side and be like, hey, man, you got to. And, and there's certain aspects of the way that you handle certain kids. But the biggest thing is developing a relationship so you know what makes them tick, what motivates them, and what you can do to maximize those type of guys. I want to talk about Kent State a little bit, the big matchup this week for the Owls. Looking at them defensively, they try to mix it up defensively. They do keep a base three down lineman. They have a very active defensive end. How do you go about game planning against those guys and knowing that 
you know what, they're an FBS school, but on tape they look no different than a lot of other schools you guys play sure i think the biggest thing that we really focused on this week was ourselves i know that's cliche but really good football teams get much better from game one to game two whatever scheme they throw at us okay we've got to go execute our rules and do our job one play at a time focus in the singular moments do our job one play at a time and everything will take care of itself with these guys i mean they're a very talented unit they play a lot of guys we have to be prepared for that but as far as the scheme and all that stuff we've got to do our job first and i think everything else hopefully can take care of itself and we're able to move the ball but they are a very talented unit and play a ton of guys they got a lot of depth coach thanks so much appreciate you all right thanks nathan and brandon thanks coach worley and thanks of course to daniel david inside the nest is presented by hello fresh nathan and i'll come back right after this and set things up for the matchup against kent state on saturday stay with us you're listening to kennesaw state university football Hey, do you love your KSU Owls but can't commit to a full-season ticket? Then the new three-game flex plan may be just the thing for you. Choose any three of the 2019 home games, get complimentary parking, and your choice of a variety of seat locations. The three-game flex plan is available for as low as $75. The two-time defending Big South champion Owls are out to win a historic third consecutive conference title. So get your three-game flex plan today. Go to ksuowls.com tickets or call 470-KSU-OWLS. If you've been wondering what could solve your dinner dilemma or ever wanted to try out the concept of meal kit delivery, HelloFresh will be there during home games to talk about healthy eating and sustainability. Our brand ambassadors will have example menu cards for our typical recipes and also feature specialty diets such as keto, gluten-free, and vegan. If you've been wondering what the keto diet is or perhaps how meal kits help the environment, we've got all the answers. We'll have a special discount if you find the HelloFresh is right for you. Come learn about healthy eating with HelloFresh. Fans will have more reason to be excited at kickoff this season as Kennesaw State will host a free tailgate, live music, and a variety of food trucks for each game at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Prior to every home game, fans can get ready for game day with Owl Town, a free tailgate that begins three hours prior to kickoff. Located at the Owl's Nest, off Busby Drive, across from the Gold Lot, Owl Town provides a fun and festive atmosphere for all ages. Owl Town will feature live music, a variety of vendors, and there will be inflatable fun for kids. Get there early because thanks to JD's Barbecue, Owltown has free food to the first 200 fans. Alcohol, soft drinks, and water will be available for sale. Owltown closes 30 minutes prior to kickoff, but KSU is excited to announce the addition of food trucks inside Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Every home game fans can add local and unique flavors to their game day experience. Kennesaw State football, the gold standard. Line drive kick carries to Foster, fields at the 5 far side of the field. To the 10, 15, to the outside 20, to the edge 30, 35, 40, cuts it back 45, 50, 45, and all the way to the point 40 yard line. Inside the nest presented by HelloFresh, segment three, and Nathan Owls and Kent State will dive into the golden flashes a little bit. Obviously a MAC opponent, they are only the second FBS team 
that Kennesaw State will have played in their brief history. And it's a pretty big difference to go from playing an NAIA that's kind of a middling program in that to it is an FBS program, albeit Kent has struggled in recent years. Yeah, and, and they actually really could have been shut out by Arizona State. They scored a late touchdown, you know, that made that game 30-7. to So they do are 0-1 on the season. They didn't have a great year last year. They're still trying to figure out their quarterback situation with Woody Barrett and Dustin Crum. And it sounds like from the interviews I've heard from their head coach is that they really like Dustin Crum maybe to kind of take over from Woody Barrett, who's a transfer. But right now, Barrett's the guy. He, he was 9 for 16, 83 yards in a touchdown. Crum came in and actually threw the ball for negative yardage. I'm not sure how you do that, but he's 3 for 8. <laughs> Probably got to have a big sack there. But um, So Dustin Crum went 3 for 8 and negative 3 yards. So they're trying to figure out that quarterback yeah. position, um, which it kind of plays into Kennesaw State's favor. As much pressure as they put on Maxie for point, that was the bright spot of that point game was the constant pressure. You want to talk about a team that came in ready to play, ready to fight, and ready to go helmet to helmet each play. That defense for Kennesaw State was fierce. You know, one of the things you look at when you look at Kent State, and they do have a couple that are massive, but unlike a lot of FBS teams, they don't just have these massive 350-pound linemen all the way across right. the front five. We'll see how that plays. A lot of times the Owls actually excel against lines like that because they're smaller, they're Mm. quicker, and they can basically get around some of those guys and make plays. But, you know, the thing that Coach Bohannon said this morning is that he feels Woody Barrett's probably the guy, although in that game Barrett was benched Mm -hmm. and then came back later and played a little bit better. I suspect from the Owls' perspective, you just – have to prepare as though you're going to face each guy since they are figuring it out, and I'm sure that's what they'll do. It's going to help, I believe, Nathan, going up on the road to play an FBS team. It's their home opener, so they're going to be jacked. That the strength of this Owls team going into the season is defense because, you know, if you can limit the points and keep it from getting away from you while your offense finds itself, I think you got a pretty good chance to win. You look at Kent State's history, picked to finish fourth in the MAC mm-hmm. East Division this year, but they do return 17 starters, including nine on offense. But they've lost to an FCS opponent 11 times in school history, including five times in the last 25 seasons. The last time it happened was 2016. They lost to North Carolina A&T 39-36 in four overtimes. So they don't exactly have a dominant history against FCS programs. So if a good one goes in there... I always believe it. It goes back to what Coach Bohannon says, you know, it's more about us than it is the opponent. It's about how the Owls play. But if you limit your mistakes and you don't go up there and stub your toe and make youthful mistakes, I think you got a pretty good shot at it. Well, I'm going to give you a a little factoid that that we can use here. Sean Lewis, the head coach of Kent State, um, held a press conference early this week about Kennesaw State coming in. And he prepared the media there that Kennesaw State was coming in and they're a very good team, and that we're not taking them lightly. And it's not really what we do on the field. It's also what we do off the field. And our grade point average is da-da-da-da-da-da. So that tells me he's preparing that media for, in case Kennesaw State does go up there and picks up a win, he's saying, look, we're building a student-athlete off the field first, and then on the field is going to come, and so on and so forth. Um, I thought his his, uh, press conference was very telling. He is preparing the Kent State faithful there, that Kennesaw State is coming up there. They're very, very good. It's not going to be a gimme. It's not going to be a gimme. They have the athletes. They've been playing longer. They've got the history. 
history, but this is a very good team coming in now, number seven nationally in the FCS. He knows, he probably didn't expect, I don't think Sean Lewis was there when the uh, the schedules were made. He knows this team's coming in there, and it could be another FCS upset. Uh, like we saw with Northern Illinois and Iowa State when that was a, a, a very close game. And what could have been Georgia State and Tennessee kind of upset, which the entire nation was talking about. It's going to be an interesting game to watch because, you know, one of the strengths of Kent State, their trio of receivers that return. So while there are questions about which quarterback will play, there's no shortage of targets for either one. They also have a fairly good-sized bruising running mm-hmm. back that they blend into their attack. And they're going to be multiple, and they're not going to be easy to stop, even though the strength of the Owls right now certainly is defense. Yeah, and I think if you you put pressure on the quarterback, limit his opportunity to throw the ball, they do have some rushers, but our defense is so quick to the ball. One, two, three yards per carry, I think that's that's pretty reasonable. But I don't think you're going to see these breakout big big plays from Kent State just because their line may be bigger than, than Kennesaw State's defensive line. You know, when you look at this game, I think the intriguing thing on the other side of the ball is how often does Kent State see a triple option right. like this one that not only is so quick and so meticulously timed, assuming, of course, that with the youth they have, they run it right and the linemen do a little better job technique-wise than Coach Bohannon felt they did in the first game. going to be interesting to see how Kent tries to contain the option, especially when you add the caveat of being able to throw the ball down the field if it's necessary. That, to me, is one of the interesting dynamics about this whole matchup. What you got to avoid is injuries. Um, Willie Nanafabu, the center for Kennesaw State, was out early in that game, and Matt Olson stepped in. Um, you cannot have that kind of injury where because Matt Olson is basically your second on your uh, right side. Yeah. The left side with Chris Dye and Jake Lassiter, they're kind of solidified. That's the side you're going to run to. If I'm Kent State, I'm watching everything to go to the left, and I'm preparing for that because the right side is so young. I don't know how much confidence Coach Chestnut's going to have to run those guys and expect those guys to be able to handle that FBS type of defensive line. So it'll be interesting. I mean, all bets are off. I'm not sure what's going to happen out there, but I think Kennesaw State has a great opportunity to go up there and pick up a win. One thing I can promise you, we're looking forward to going up there and calling it regardless, but I feel the same way that it's all about this team and how they execute and if they can limit their mistakes. They are going to have to grow up, though, very quickly between this game and then, of course, two road games to follow it. Although right now the coaching staff, the players and us are solely focused on this one. We will have broadcast coverage for you of the Owls and Golden Flashes. It's KSU against KSU. Yep. We'll have coverage from Kent, though. 11.30 pregame, 12 o'clock kick between the Owls and Golden Flashes. Promises to be an interesting, if entertaining, day up in northeast Ohio. And that's kind of the birth of football to some degree, up in that area yep. anyway, the birthplace of football. So, they are passionate about it up there. We do know that. We will look forward to it, though, Nathan. Appreciate your time today. Yep, anytime, brother. And we will look forward to having you back on the sidelines on Saturday. Can't wait to be back. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Inside the Nest. It's presented by HelloFresh. And we will talk to you Saturday, everybody. Go Owls. Thank you for listening to Inside the Nest and tune in all season long for insights and analysis on your 2019 Owls. Inside the Nest is a production of Kennesaw State Athletics, Van Wagner Sports and Entertainment, and HelloFresh.